Well, folks, let me give you a warm welcome. It's great uh, to be with you at Hamilton Baptist Church this Sunday morning. And uh, sorry, we cannot be together in person. It would have been so good to be together, uh, whether it had just been 20 of us or 50 of us. It would have been lovely to have been gathering in the church building. But it's a real privilege for me as your interim moderator to be preaching this morning and launching a new series. But let me first of all just say a happy new year to one and all. If you've got your Bible, let me encourage you to get that and say whether you use a Bible or use your phone or some other app, uh, get that. We're going to turn to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, this morning, I've got the real privilege of launching a series that we're going to be in over the next little while on the book of Joshua. What I want to do is read all of chapter 1. Uh, I won't have necessarily the time to unpack every aspect of that, but hopefully I'll give us something that we can apply to our lives and be encouraged by. But let's turn to Joshua chapter 1. Just before we do that, let's pray together and then we'll read God's Word. Gracious Father, we thank you that your Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every time we open up your word, you speak to us. And we pray this day that as we hear your word read, and then as we hear it preached from, we would apply that word to our hearts and lives, and we would live in the light of it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan 
to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them. And so the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And the answer, Joshua, all that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Amen. The word of God is living and active and it is manna for our souls. You know, it's not often as we open the first chapter of a book that I would encourage us uh, to go to the later or the end chapters of the book and read what it says there. Some people do that with a novel. You know, they read the last chapter to decide uh, if they like all that's going to unfold. But I do uh, just want to draw attention uh, to uh, a couple of verses at the end of chapter 21. That's not the last chapter of Joshua. But at verse 43, it says this, Thus the Lord God gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers, and they put, took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. You know, it's not often that we would go to the end of the book before uh, we unpack the beginning. But we need to realize as we open up the book of Joshua, and I love the book of Joshua because although it is a historic narrative, Joshua comes to us as a prophet. He comes to us as a preacher. And in actual fact, when you read it, although you're reading history, you're actually hearing history preached. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so that emphasis that not one word of the Lord failed, that runs all the way through everything that we're going to encounter as we unpack the book uh, of Joshua. Rhett Dodson uh, wrote a beautiful book uh, on the life of Joshua, and uh, in that book he summarizes the whole uh, of, of the book of Joshua, and he says this, he says, God is faithful to give to Israel the land that he had promised to Abraham. You know, when, when Joshua was preaching and he talks about meditating upon the law of the Lord, he's thinking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. 
That's the Word of God that he had at that time. Uh, by the Spirit of God, uh, Joshua's story was going to be in uh, what we now have as the complete canon of Holy Scripture. But all the promises of God, the faithful God who gave them, is the faithful God who delivers them. And it takes us right back into Genesis and to Genesis 12 and to the call of Abraham and to the covenant between God and Abraham and to the fulfillment of that covenant. As you unpack Joshua, there are five uh, sub-themes and that grand theme of all the promises of God that you will notice. First of all, all of this has the covenant as its foundation. And so the covenant that God and Abraham uh, entered into together, that's the foundation uh, for everything that unfolds in the book of Joshua. The second one, and it's a glorious truth, is this, that the presence of God is the key to understanding all of it, the key to unpacking it all, the key uh, to making it live and breathe and come alive. Uh, for you and I, uh, we sometimes look at the book of Joshua uh, and we look at uh, all the military conquests that were in it. And as we look at all the military conquests that are in there, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that this is really about the presence of God with his people and God being faithful to his promise, God being faithful to what he had spoken and to what he had said. But interestingly enough, the third aspect of all of this is that the conquest of Canaan, the entering into the promised land, warfare, was going to be the means of that. And so that's what unfolds in Joshua. It's warfare as a means of entering into all of the promises of God. And of course, as you see even here in chapter 1, the great impediment to the accomplishment is sin. Sin is the great impediment to realizing uh, all the promises of God uh, in their life. Uh, and we see that a little bit later on when you get to the sin of Achan uh, in the context uh, of Joshua. But of course, the, the, the fifth sub-theme uh, is that inheritance is the grand fulfillment. And so when you go through Joshua, you see these things appearing at different stages, sometimes all at once. Uh, and you know, I don't want us to miss the obvious even just by way of introduction. Because, you know, Joshua uh, not only looks back to all the promises of God, but he also looks forward to all the promises of God in Jesus. Uh, Joshua's name means the Lord saves. And of course, it is the Old Testament name for Jesus. The Lord saves, Yeshua. Uh, and the reality is it's also pointing forward. And so there's little surprise that what we discover in the book of Joshua it is also so applicable, so relevant uh, for you and I today. Think about your Christian life. Think about your Christian walk. Think about what it is to be a son or a daughter of the living God. Think about what it is to be walking in all the ways of God and entering into all the promises of God. Is that not a covenant agreement? Uh, are you not a son and daughter because of the grace of God towards you in Christ? 
Is it not all the action of God? The difference with this covenant is it's all God towards us. You know, we are just the glorious recipients. We are the beneficiaries of all that God showers upon us uh, in Jesus Christ. But the presence of God, the reality of the presence of God is key in the way in which you and I live a life. Uh, but here's the interesting thing about being a Christian. It's not a bed of roses, is it? It's warfare. You know, it's not warfare in terms of military conquest that Joshua was facing. But nonetheless, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in, in the heavenly realms. And so the reality is that we, we can empathize with so much uh, of, of what we see here. The greatest impediment to your Christian walk and to your Christian life, sin. And what's that promise that burns away within you? What's that hope that causes you to lift up your voice and to sing? Is it not the hope of the inheritance that is yours in Christ? The fulfillment of the promise when one day we will stand with God in glory. What a day that will be when my Savior I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saves me by his grace. What a day, glorious day that will be. Well, that, that's just by way of introduction. And, you know, I've, I've got to get cracking here because I want to give you a few things out of Joshua chapter 1 as takeaways for today. But really what I'm doing is I'm setting up the series. And so there are many people that are going to be preaching out of this book. And I just want to uh, try uh, and, and give us a flavor of what lies before us. And I want to take us back to the opening four verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Now, if you're looking for a little heading to hang my opening thoughts in Joshua, it's this, big shoes to fill. You ever heard that little expression? You know, there are going to be some pretty big shoes to try and fill. I want you to put yourself for a moment in Joshua's place. Now, Moses and Joshua, and you can read about them together in the, the earlier books, but Joshua was Moses' assistant. He had witnessed so much of all that had been the accomplishment and the achievements that God brought about under Moses. You know, but the incredible thing is that this book opens by saying, after the death of Moses. Now, I don't know if you noticed as I was reading chapter 1, after the death of Moses, but how many times does Moses' name appear in chapter 1? A little reminder to Joshua, isn't it? You know, just as I was with Moses, Moses uh, this, Moses that. Uh, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You start to go through chapter 1 and you find that time and time again you hear the name of Moses, 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 as if Joshua needed the reminder. And yet, look at what it says right at the beginning. 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. In other words, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you, Joshua, get up and go. Do you know, I, I once was preaching up in Lewis in the Outer Hebrides. If you know anything of Lewis and the Outer Hebrides, you'll know that in the great economy of God, the island was visited with a revival. And the instrument that God used in revival that day was Duncan Campbell at that season. Duncan Campbell was the principal evangelist in the revival of Lewis uh, back there, uh, 1950s, I think, or earlier than that, possibly. But uh, the, the, what do you call it? Uh, the great thing about that was that uh, Campbell uh, mightily used of God uh, as God ushered in his revival among the people there in Lewis and the Outer Hebrides. And once upon a time, I was preaching at a youth event up in Lewis, and it was in the, the town hall in Stornoway, and it was packed to the gunnels with uh, young believers and also uh, with uh, youngsters who didn't know the Lord and we were seeking for their salvation and calling out to God for that. And I began my message with these words, Duncan Campbell is dead, you now. And you could imagine that you could have almost heard a pin drop among some when they heard that opening line. But of course I referred it back uh, to the book of Joshua. You know, it's sometimes difficult for you and I to fully comprehend the significance of Moses in the life of the people of Israel. And yet we know so much about that significance. But even still, we sometimes fall short of the, the, the awe and the reverence. Not that Moses wanted the awe and reverence. That was all for God and for his glory. But the awe and the reverence in which he was held. And yet here, right at the start of, of Joshua chapter 1, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And the implication is you, now Joshua. You see, the reality here is God wants the focus in every day, in every age, in every church, in every ministry, never to be upon the man, but always to be upon himself. Because it is what God is doing, working through weak vessels, like Moses, like Joshua, like you, like me. But the incredible thing is that God always raises up his man his minister for the moment. God always raises up uh, the ones that he needs to do that which will magnify, glorify, accomplish, and fulfill his will. You see, because the call upon Joshua's life was not a call to make Joshua great. It was a call to make God great. Now, God doesn't need us to make him great. That's who he is. But he uses vessels like us to magnify who he is and to glorify his name. You see, what was God asking of Joshua? Look what it says in verse 3. Every place 
that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. You see, the promise was given to Moses, but God, and, and we know, of course, about the reason why Moses could not enter uh, into uh, the land of Canaan himself, certainly entered into the very presence of God, uh, but could not enter into the, uh, the land of Canaan. God was raising up Joshua. Now, the interesting thing is that Joshua was a man well-equipped for military conquest. Joshua was a man well-prepared. In actual fact, in the early parts of Joshua, you'll discover that it's really all about preparation. And you'll find that that preparation is as much spiritual as it is physical. It, it, it's about learning what it is to lean in to all the promises of God and all that God has given. And so the reality is that really the emphasis here is that God is working through every person he chooses, regardless of their shoe size. You know, so Joshua's sitting there thinking, these are big shoes to fill. And when it comes to Moses, they are big shoes to fill. But there's a bigger God who's working out his promise, who's working out his plan, who's, who's ushering in the fulfillment of his promise. And he ushers that in through people who are given over who are surrendered to him. And so God can say to Joshua, therefore arise and go, because he goes not on the basis of all that he's learned from Moses and he learned a great deal. He goes on the basis of his own uh, vital relationship with who God is, the call of God upon his life, the plan and purpose that God has for Joshua to lead the people in uh, to the promised land. You know, so it is big shoes to fill, but he's seeking not to be Moses, but to be Joshua. And it's so important that we do that. It's so important in actual fact that we realize every one of us as believers can stand on the promises of God's Word and become who God and in Christ has made each one of us to be. And we can do what God is calling us to do. And of course, very quickly it becomes apparent in Joshua chapter 1 that the way in which God is going to come good, as it were, for Joshua is in the exact same way in which God came good for Moses. So it might have been big shoes to fill, but there's a far bigger, there's a far greater presence who is with Joshua. And that's what you see. And we need to remember this, brothers and sisters. How many times does God say to us in the Scriptures, fear not, for I am with you. The presence of God in the midst of any and every situation. Well, uh, let's just highlight a couple of verses there just to emphasize that for us. In verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Have you ever been afraid of men? That fear it is rooted 
in a way in which it ought not to be rooted in the son or daughter of the living God. Because the promise of God is, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, it's, it's a great word of encouragement, isn't it? Be strong, be courageous, don't be dismayed. God is with you. We need that word today. You know, we're, we're living in a time when people sit there and get worried and anxious and, and think we've never been here before. God is sovereign. God is on his throne. God is working out his plans. God is with his people. And the people of God, need to sense the presence of God and in the presence of God gain strength. You know, the incredible thing about the, uh, the strength that God is speaking into the life of Joshua is it's a strength that's firmly rooted in the Word of God. We'll come to that next. But before we get there, look again at verse, uh, this time at verse 17. Verse 17. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Now this time it's the, it's the people that are saying to Joshua, you know, we will do everything that you say. May God be with you as he was with Moses. Now my friends, you know the life of Moses. God spoke with Moses as a man speaks with his friend. John 15, abide in me. Greater love has no man that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. See the intimacy? The intimacy that Joshua has with the living God. And it's an intimacy that pointing forward to Jesus is an intimacy that you and I as believers should know. Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the age. God, you know, will never abandon his people. And the reality is that Joshua was going to experience the presence of God going with them uh, as he sought to accomplish the will of God and the plan and purpose of God. Well, uh, let, me, let me move on uh, and take you to uh, a couple of verses uh, three verses in chapter one that you probably often read. And sometimes we even sing about it in that wee children's song, don't we? Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. But verse seven, uh, eight, and nine of Joshua chapter one, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, my friends, I want us to notice that when God speaks into Joshua's life and he calls him to be strong and to be courageous, 
in actual fact, what he is saying is this, Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous to believe and to do every word that God has spoken. You know, sometimes we think about, you know, being strong, being courageous as God, doing this kind of inside work in us that will kind of give us some kind of superpower. What he's really saying is, I'm going to give you the strength, not just to believe my word, but to do my word. I'm going to give you the courage, not just to read my word, but to believe my word and the courage to do my word. Isn't that incredible? That the source of strength and courage is in actively doing, actively putting into practice what the Word of God says. You imagine that? You know, if we'd only approach our Bibles differently, you know, I, I, you know, my, my son owns his own gym, and I've got to be honest, he's a good advert for owning his own gym, right? Uh, but you and I, we, we've got this little gym here, right? And God turns around and he says, if you would, you know, do my word, you would be amazed at the strength and courage that would flow through you for the glory of God. I want you to be strong and courageous in the light of God's word. It takes strength and it takes courage to do God's word. It takes strength and it takes courage to do God's word. Look, what God says, to do all that God's Word says, takes incredible strength, incredible resilience, and incredible courage. Verse 8, look what he says to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That takes strength and that takes courage. You know, I, I was preaching a couple of last Sunday actually in our own church and I was preaching on Psalm 19 and I preached in Psalm 19 verse 7 the law of the Lord is perfect reviving the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple the precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes the fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. The psalmist elsewhere writes, Psalm 1, uh, that blessed is a man who meditates on the word of God day and night. And I was exhorting uh, my, my own people at Calderwood, as they read God's Word each day, not just to read it, but to write it down. Uh, every day I've got a little practice where uh, as I'm reading God's Word, I, I look for something that God has given me to write, and I write it out full scale. And the reason I write it out is that the more I write it out, the more I remember. You know, you perhaps get in like me, you know, if you don't write it down, you'll forget it, right? So if you write it down, then you remember it. And I was encouraged, I was so encouraged, I've had so many people saying to me, I've bought a diary, I've bought a notepad, I'm writing out the Word of God, right? Do it, doing the Word of God. You know, too often we kind of think it's going to be this great military power and, you know, the light of battle in his eye. And yes, all of that's there, but his strength and his courage were because he did the Word of God. 
He did what God was speaking to him. And, you know, what he's basically doing here is he's prospering. And that prosperity is not the nonsense of getting everything that your heart craves and desires. It is instead the reality of being righteous in the blood of Christ and by Christ, but living for the glory of God, right living that magnifies and glorifies God, doing what God's Word says. And so we see it there in verse 8. Do what the Word, meditate on it so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You know, sometimes we've got a bit of a give-or-take attitude to it, wouldn't we? God's not inviting us to a give-and-take attitude. God is saying, read it, hear it, do it. Now, that takes courage. You start living your life in the light of the full revelation of God, uh, and you will realize that that takes great courage. Many people in our day want, don't want to know what the Word of God says. They don't want to know about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. They don't want... Uh, you can have a faith as long as it's some kind of multiplicity of things, but don't bow the knee to Jesus Christ as Lord. It takes strength and it takes courage. And Joshua is finding his strength and his courage on the basis of doing the Word of God. You fast forward to the Acts of the Apostles, you know. Uh, you have to no longer speak in the name of this man, Jesus. But they prayed to the Lord, and they prayed to the Lord for boldness, strength and courage, that they might do what God's Word said. And we live in a day and an age when we need, uh, you know, a mobilizing of the people of God, just to have strength and courage, you know, to live in the light of God's Word, not with any arrogance, with a love for the lost. You know, because the good news of the gospel is that we are lost but not abandoned. God is for us, not against us. That's why he sent Christ. And so the reality is we need to be strong. But that means being obedient to what God has said and doing everything that God has written in his word. And one of the great things about Joshua chapter 1 is it's not really only about Joshua, but in actual fact it's about the people that Joshua was called to lead. And in every day and in every age, it's about the people of God doing the word of God, therefore fulfilling the will of God and the faithfulness of God in achieving and accomplishing all that through them. And when you look at verses 10 through to 18, in actual fact there what you find is that there's a people uniting together around all that God has spoken. And so they knew the promises. And those who'd settled in the other side of the Jordan, they knew they were to leave their wife and children and go over and help in the military conquest. And then they could go back. But there was a people uniting together uh, around the Word of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. And, and I want to say that that's a unity, not a unity at, at, at kind of, you know, any cost. It's not just kind of we'll find the lowest common denominator. This is a unity at the highest cost. We will believe every word that God has spoken, and we will do what God has spoken. And so there's a unity amongst the people of God, but it's a very specific unity. It's interesting, in verse 18, it says, Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him, shall be put to death. And that's what I say, you, you, you know, you fast forward to Achan and what happened to him. The, the sin impediment, the rebellion against the Word of God, 
the disobedience rather than the obedience. And the reality is that as the people of God, we've got to unite around the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. We've got to take seriously uh, our disobedience and we've got to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to obedience, to being the people that God in Christ has called us to be and to be united in the Word of God, in the plan of God, and the purpose of God, in the doing of what God has said. You know, uh, Dale Ralph Davis, in his commentary, uh, summarizes Joshua chapter 1 in this way, God's promise, God's presence, God's Word, and God's people. It's a beautiful little summary. God's promise, God's presence, God's Word, and God's people. Now, that, that's a lovely little summary of what Joshua chapter 1 is all about. I just want to say to us as we close, the people of Jesus, followers of Christ, it should still be the same for us today. We know that one day we'll enter into the inheritance of God. You know, the sanctification of our life, the salvation of our souls, that we might glorify Him and we do all that on the basis that God has promised and he is faithful. God is with us and he will not leave us on our own. God has spoken and we have to be obedient to every word that he has spoken. And God has given us one another to build up, to encourage, to inspire, to enable, to pray together that we might be strong and courageous for the glory of God. Well, I think you're going to have a lot of fun uh, in Joshua. Uh, you're going to have a lot of fun because there you see the faithfulness of God and the promises of God and all that he's spoken uh, become a reality. Now, it, it was uh, an earthly uh, reality at that time. Uh, we know that one day it'll be a, a heavenly reality as well. All the fullness of the plan of God will be fulfilled in Christ Jesus our Lord. But I just want to encourage you, uh, as you get into this series, uh, to see the hand of God and to know that Joshua's God is your God and to arise and do what he's calling you to do in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we thank you for your word. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart. May the meditation that we've had this morning glorify you, and may we, your people, rise up and do everything that you have spoken, that we might magnify and glorify you and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you.